Welcome into Tailgate. Austin Gill here with Mike Renner in sunny Cincinnati. Coming off quite the weekend. We got to introduce a little bit of the 4TV setup, which was nice. Had some people over, which was fun. Um, excited for this weekend. Of course, I got a big itinerary planned. Oh, it's going to be it's going to be sick. Just trust me. Trust the process. Okay. Trust the process. It's going to be a long list of people, a lot of celebs, a lot of Cincinnati celebrities. Um, Are there a lot of Cincinnati celebrities? Unless like Joe Burrow is coming over. So it's it's Joe Burrow, okay. Jamar Chase, Jackson Carmen's a maybe. <laughs> uh, he'll be at clutch. He'll be at clutch, but he might come after. Yeah. It's going to be sick. Quinn's invited. Alyssa is invited. The entire PFF offices are invited. Chris Collinsworth said he might show. It's going to be place a big isn't deal. that big. I'll just say, like I, I don't I don't know how many people are inviting here, but no, this it's could going be a to be bumper to bumper. It's going to be – we're going to have them come in shifts. <laughs> so, so you're invited to the first yeah, part the of the wave. party, but not the rest. Yeah. Uh, no, but I got I got some big things planned. I'll let you know the itinerary as I get it more mapped out, but I'm excited about it. Other thing I wanted to start with in the Catch Only Buzz before this show, we're really just going to do a free agency roundup of all the decisions that are going down right now, all the moves going down team by team as they happen. Before we do, Tom Brady's back. Yeah. 40 days into retirement. We see the viral He's video risen. of him with <laughs> he has risen. We see the viral video of him with Cristiano Cristiano Ronaldo. They're talking. Is he done? He like kind of says, ah, I don't know. So a lot of people have made jokes about his decision to come back. Oh, you know, forty days doing dishes with the kids. Not even I'm Brady can stand his wife. Yeah, exactly. Whatever. I think the real thing is, I think at least part of it. Is that his 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 retirement was kind of you know not on his no, own terms? No, you, know? you don't think so. I, he kind of wants I, his own little final finale. That's insane. I disagree with that, and I think it's not. I don't think it's like a finale. I don't think he's going to have a farewell tour. I think this could be if he's still playing well, he still wants to play. Is what I think it is. And really, I think that's the thing. Is it just never made sense for him to go out like that? It didn't. Like he it was didn't. playing at an elite level. Had one of the you know most stunning comebacks. That we saw all year, obviously fail at the end of that end of that Rams game, but for him to go out like that, it just didn't seem right. And obviously his retirement, whatever. But like, if he were retired at any point this offseason, it wouldn't have seemed right, in my opinion. But he's not; he's back. And this we said, I think we said last week that the only chance the Bucks have of competing when we were talking about offseason plan, whatever, is you know not Kyle Trask, whatever. We're talking about the quarterback options. I'm like the only the only chance they have of competing is Tom Brady unretiring. Well, he's back, and they're right up there in the mix at the top of the NFC. I believe they are tied with the Green Bay Packers with best odds to win the NFC. They're also tied yeah. with Green Bay Packers with plus 750 to win the Super Bowl in 2022, which is second behind, I believe, the Buffalo Bills, or Kansas City Chiefs might be plus 700, one of those two AFC teams. But, yeah, that immediately vaults the Tampa Bay Buccaneers back into contender status. Aaron Rodgers upset at this move. Has to be. He was going to walk to a, another first-round exit in the playoffs. Stop. Instead, now, now – Brady's going to be competing for that. (laughs) Now it's going to be tough. Now it's going to be tough. No, I I do think that ultimately there was, like you said, it never made sense about the retirement. It never made sense. He was still playing at the top of his lane. I mean, there were moments of this season where I felt like he was the obvious candidate to win MVP. And if he doesn't have that bad game against the Saints, I honestly think he might win it. I I honestly think he might win MVP if he doesn't have that bad game against the Saints down the stretch. Excited to have Tom Brady back. His retirement really never felt real, so it doesn't feel like that. Much is changing, but still yeah. awesome to see Tampa Bay getting him back. That immediately vaults him. I think now they're minus 200 when the NFC South. There's no doubt really in that division. And like I said, tie with the Green Bay Packers to win the NFC. Tie with Green Bay Packers and odds to win the Super Bowl. Before we move forward and, and start to look at this free agency round, I want to highlight that this podcast is sponsored by Manscaped. Can I get a round of applause, everyone? Looking at the producers, looking at you, Mike. You didn't applause. 
Today I'm excited to announce Manscaped launched their ultra premium collection. Believe it or not, it's for your not-so-private parts. I'm talking about a leveled-up hygiene routine with your favorite manly scent. I'm talking about a leveled-up man... Oh, they might have wrote that twice. This is an all-in-one skin and hair kit for the everyday man and covers you from head to toe, literally. Manscaped is trusted below the waist. Now trust them with the rest. Join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with code PFF. I'd recommend using the products in this order. Hop in the shower and scrub a dub dub that body with the Manscaped body wash. Lather your hair up with that two in one shampoo and conditioner. Save some time. And guess what you're going to do to your noggin? You're going to keep that noggin togging. What does that mean? Dry off and spray on the hydrating body moisturizer to reinvigorate dry skin. Put on the Manscaped deodorant for obvious reasons. Pop that Manscaped lip balm on. No one's out here kissing chap lips. Get dressed is optional. Getting dressed after is optional. Wear one great scent all day long. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code PFF at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with manscaped.com. With PFF at manscaped.com. The power of affection is now in a bottle. Thanks to Manscaped. A little, I had, rocky, I had, down the, little, little rocky down the end there. A little rocky. Came in home. We're back. I have a couple things before we get into the free agency roundup. Okay. One, how would you feel if I started to prioritize a chain and rings as, uh, as someone on this podcast? Can you imagine? So, so someone what? recently told me that I need to like accessorize in my okay. wardrobe. I just feel like I can't make that call. I come on here with like a couple rings and a chain. It's a, it's not a good look. Like Johnny Depp esque. Yes, like Depp esque. She didn't mention Depp, but it was Depp. Oh, who was she? Who was the? Who's the lucky she? My mom. She said I need to improve. Yeah, uh, I mean, some accessories are good. Maybe I'm trying to think what. I'm going to slowly you, start to accessorize with a handful of rings and chains. Maybe like a watch to start off. I can with, go with a watch. I have an Apple watch, but I always yeah. forget to put just it on. Think, it's like start there mm-hmm. and then Because you can't just go build. all in. On yeah. It. If you show up one day with multiple accessories, people are asking questions. Yeah. If you like yeah. slowly build up to one to two to three. I'm going to ask the YouTube channel now. We're all live on YouTube. Please let me know. Should I get rings? Should I get a chain? What's the next step as the accessories move forward? Because someone has to answer that question. Maybe an earring. Maybe an earring. I don't, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. Earring's up for grabs. Earring is up for grabs. Two, before we get into this free agency, anal- free agency analysis, I wanted to highlight something about free agency in general. So there is, there is a lot so a lot of what free agency is is moves like I hate this move or I don't or I like this move. This is a good decision or a bad decision from teams, and so much of that is because the NFL has successfully, wildly successfully, um, gamified free agency to a point where it's approachable for fans. And it's like, hey, you get ten dollars to run a lemonade stand, and you have to build your you know build your roster out of this ten dollars. Well, now I mean, gamified, it is a game. It is a game. So. It's literally <laughs> yeah. a game. Well, no, but I would say it's different than MLB even. Because you're not, it's less approachable in that the the the, the, well, it's the, the salary cap. Exactly, I'm saying the salary yeah. cap has made it a game in the off season. Yeah, and and I would also throw in the rookie wage scale because before there was like less of like this comparison between free agency and the draft. Now it's like, dude, why would you sign Chase Edmonds to seven million dollars when you could draft some guy in the seventh round and he cost you eight hundred k and like. Guess what you're talking about in that situation? It's like Chase Edmonds, who's like this wild success story in the NFL mm-hmm. and probably should never be making the money he's making now, made it through and is making seven to eight million dollars, which is a huge win for him. You should celebrate that all day long. And instead, the analysis goes to I would have rather drafted a running back than giving Chase Edmonds that much money. He's not worth that. And the same thing with Christian Kirk. And I'm going to bring this analysis up too, but like Christian Kirk making 
$18 million per year could be up to $21 million per year. The immediate analysis goes for, isn't going to be, wow, good for Christian Kirk, way to secure a bag, where everyone's going to look is, okay, what if they spent that money elsewhere? What if they brought in someone else or drafted a receiver in round three? Like, that's where a lot of the conversation goes. So it is tough speaking about, like, people and their wild success stories and talking about how like, maybe they're not worth it and shit like that. But I do think it's important to couch the conversation where, like, this is what the NFL wanted. And it's why it's so popular. Free agency is more popular than like regular season NBA games. Like literally from a numbers perspective, it's more popular. Like that's because of the game it's made made of. And I'll add this. And this is a topic that comes up around the running backs don't matter conversation. And like people getting upset when you, when you have pushback against how much a running back makes. And it goes to the fact that the NFL with the salary cap as it's structured in terms of the revenue split, is a zero-sum game with the players. So if that running back is getting paid $40 million a year, and that's obviously just throwing out dumb figures here, but that running back making $40 million a year means someone else who we would deem plays a more valuable position is making less. Because the money is going to the players no matter what. It is a pure revenue split between the owners and the players with a salary cap floor and a salary cap. So the money is going to these guys, whether it goes to a running back or whether it goes to a quarterback or a cornerback or whatever. Someone's going to get it, and it's not the owners. It's not, like I said, it's not either the running back or the owners who's getting it. It's either the running back or a cornerback. And so we're saying the people who generate the value on a football field are the ones who deserve the value off the football field, which is like the idea of equality and fairness. So I think like that's something to couch conversation too, is that it is a zero-sum game. So if we say this is a bad deal, this is too much money, that means it's not enough money going to someone who probably deserves it more. Yeah. I think the the other piece of it too, though, is like just because it is a game, it your language and your tone doesn't have to be ridiculous. Like oh, some yeah. of the Christian Kirk tweets out there, are like Christian Kirk is trash, doesn't deserve half that, and it's like okay, you don't have to be like a piece of shit about it. But it's, yeah. I, I mean, it's only, I mean, it's only appropriate with the game we're literally playing, covering these agency decisions to highlight whether it's a you know an advantageous move or a move that we would make or a move that we wouldn't. All right. Off of that now and on to the actual moves themselves. Going through PFF's live free agency deal grader, which if you go to and you use promo code FREEAGENCY30, you can get 30% off any PFF subscription. 30% off grades, data, all that stuff. Before we, You can go to PFF.com and check that out. What we're going to do is go down the line here team by team and highlight the moves that they have made. Starting with the Arizona Cardinals. Three moves. They signed Zach Ertz, the tight end, the veteran tight end, to a three-year, $31.65 million deal, $17.5 million guaranteed. Then they signed James Conner back to a three-year, $21 million deal after letting Chase Edmonds walk um, to the Miami Dolphins, and that's $13.5 million guaranteed. And then backup Colt McCoy comes back on a two-year, $7.5 million deal, which is for a backup, and with $7.5 million over two years is, is money in the bank, especially for someone who knows the system, et cetera. Your reactions to the Ertz and the Conner deals, though? Yeah, that's I and mean, it's not a ton of money, but those are not positions obviously that are super valuable. The offense did need someone like Zach Ertz, and obviously I think his game ages well with he never really won with athleticism to begin with. So he's kind of their like replacement for Larry Fitzgerald in a way. Um but this team still needs a wide out. Obviously losing Christian Kirk hurts, but they're going to have to go. They're going to be penciled into one in the first round, I would think, after this. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And it's someone that can play on the outside, right? I mean, that's probably a big reason why they're not bringing yeah. Christian Kirk back. Kirk played a high percentage of his snaps in the slot this past year. I think it's the first time his snap percentage in the slot cleared, I think, 60%, um, which makes his move to Jacksonville interesting. Like, what are they doing with LaVisca Chenault Jr.? Dude, like, uh, like, is we'll the, get to that. Yeah, we'll get yeah, to that yeah. when we get to the Jags. But 
For Arizona, I do think that they could be locking into a receiver or trying to, they should be looking to bring in an outside receiver, someone who could come in and win on the outside because they want to involve Rondell Moore in that offense, right? They want to get him more involved, and that obviously has to come in in the slot, in my opinion. But um, the other moves, though, I think the Ertz is probably overpaying for like the impact he actually makes on the football field, but it is low, it's a low amount of money. And James Conner bringing him back at that rate, it's, you know, anytime you bring up a veteran running back contract, it's probably overpaying from PFF's value perspective, but uh, it's not, again, break the bank type of money that you're going to like completely lose out on. Uh, Buffalo Bills is where I want to head next. They've made two. Typical Bills moves so far. They haven't broke the bank on anyone. They did decide, this did decide, however, to re-sign Isaiah McKenzie to a two-year, $4.4 million deal, which I believe is a steal. On PFF.com, we call that an above-average deal from our cap analyst, Brad Spielberger, and one of our NFL analysts, Ben Lindsay. Getting Isaiah McKenzie, who a lot of the fancy football community I know likes, knowing that Cole Beasley is likely not to come back, yeah. I think that's a steal, man. I think Isaiah McKenzie's agent could have asked for more, honestly. And then for Mitch Morse... Under $10 million a year for Mitch Morris, starting center for them, two years, 19.5 mil, with 12 million guaranteed. I think that's another average to above average deal for the Bills, not breaking the bank, but maintaining talent on their roster. I will say, though, from McKenzie, again, it's two years. I would have probably looked for like a one year if I were him, because if he is taking over for what's his face, Cole Beasley's role, like that one game, what was it towards the end of the year? I think he went over 100 yards. Like he, he could put up good numbers and then get. This is forward thinking that his next contract after this could be bigger. Obviously, playing with Josh Allen, you just go chase money right now, and you're a guy like Isaiah McKenzie. Yeah, you could. That could be it for you. you, you I mean, that's that. I mean, deal, that's so. why you look at the agent, right? It's like, man, yeah. two years, four point four to get him on a two year deal. I honestly think you could ask for more. And if he wasn't asking for more, that's maybe for getting year. on the maybe getting on that one year option. But I think it makes sense. The, the guy, I still am curious to see what they do with his Harrison Phillips, their mm-hmm. defense tackle. He was one guy that I highlighted that they should prioritize retaining. And, and this offseason, in my opinion, was a sort of retain offseason for the Buffalo Bills in that they weren't going to go out and be major players for a lot of people. But if they could keep guys like Harrison Phillips, like Jerry Hughes, that would be for the best. A couple other Cardinals moves roll in as we skip past them. I'm just going to jump back real quick. They just re-signed, quote-unquote, from Adam Schefter, Dennis the Barbarian Gardeck to mm. a three-year, $12 million deal, a special team standout, a guy that I know does play. He's one of the most underrated edge rushers in the NFL, in my opinion. Really? Now, he is six foot two thirty-five, so he's never going to be a full-time edge rusher, but he, on sub-packages, is sick. Fun to watch. A fun-to-watch all-star in the NFL. If you've never watched Dennis Gardeck play, he, uh, he's got a unique just everything about that dude. Yep. For yep. an NFL edge rusher. They also re-signed Michael Dogby, defensive tackle there for Temple the Arizona Legend. Cardinals. Uh, Chicago Bears next. Only one real move so far, and we were not super high on this. I mean, he, they gave him a bag. Larry Ogunjobi, defensive tackle, veteran defensive tackle, signed a three-year, $40.5 million deal. Now, only $26.35 million is guaranteed, but man, over $10 million per, no, $12 million per for Larry Ogunjobi, who, in my opinion has not shown much beyond flashes, right? It's the consistency that I think has always, like, limited Ogunjobi um, over the course of his career. I don't think you've been overly impressed with any, like, four or five-game stretches from him. Just a 47.6 PFF grade this past year with the Cincinnati Bengals. And even in the three previous years with the Browns, sub-61.0 PFF grades. His rookie season's the highest-graded season of his career. Played 300 snaps, 78.4 PFF grade. Since then, has not been the same, specifically in run defense. Has there been flashes as a pass rusher? Sure. But you compare this, and I'm sure we'll talk about this deal sooner, the Larry Ogunjobi deal to what the Bengals pay for B.J. Hill. I take the B.J. Hill deal all all day long. So, So this is a scheme 
I don't know how to say. So Eberflus, that defense, it's the same reason why they traded a first-rounder for DeForest Buckner. They need a penetrating three technique in that defense. It's kind of like it's a cornerstone type of position. Larry Ogunjobi is much more of a penetrator than a B.J. Hill is. Like He can get upfield and make plays in the backfield. Now he can also get washed out of run plays, and that's obviously evident by his 34.08 run defense grade last year. Like That is who he is. He is a one-gap penetrator, and that's the defense going to do. So like it's a scheme fit, and they're paying for it because, again, they needed one, don't have one in that defense, aren't in a position to draft where they're going to be able to find one. Like They're not going to Devontae Wyatt and slip into them in the second round. So... It was an overpay for that, but like, oof, is it that? Is it that much of a cornerstone? And is Ogunjobi that good at it to really pay that much? Those are both questions we'll obviously see next year because again, it's going to be a little different than the scheme he was in here in Cincinnati. But uh, yeah, I I tend to lean like all those sort of excuses for why they did it aside i still think it is an overpay and just not a move they needed to make with where they are as a roster and, and so i agree with you in that they need you know Iberflus covet is coveting this you know penetrating three technique. steve i just don't think ojovi's that yeah. right i mean he hasn't had more than four pressures in a single game in a long time like he has not been wildly successful as a pass rusher for the even with the Cincinnati Bengals this previous year or in previous years beyond that with the Cleveland Browns so I'm interested to see if this new role in Iberflus's defense does unlock something that we really haven't seen mm-hmm. since 2017 with Oakland Joby Bengals have made some moves so they already have Jason, Jesse Bates on the franchise tag they could be looking to make a long-term extension there as well then Alex Kappa former offensive guard for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers sends a four-year 40 million dollar deal I believe three minutes into the tampering period. So I don't know how they got it done in that little time, but it was impressive to get that through. Then Ted Cross, uh, former Patriots interior offensive lineman, signs a three-year $18 million deal with them. And then BJ Hill, three-year $30 million deal. I love all three of those moves. In addition to the Jesse Bates franchise tag, this is a very similar approach to how they attacked it last year, right? Grabbing these like tier two, tier three free agents where you're not breaking the bank significantly, but still adding upgrades upgrade starters right like kappa and cross are both starters i think it's karis karis and kappa are both starters for this team upgrades and they're not paying anywhere near the levels of scherf money right they're not paying this top of the market type of deal so i think the cincinnati Bengals taking the exact approach i would at least along the offensive line and then getting bj hill back even at just 10 million per i think that's a big win i 100 percent agree because we kept saying like one going out and laying and now they have a lot of cap space to work with and could have like laid out money for a number of positions but if their if their plan was let's go just get one brandon scherf let's get one ryan jensen or whatever and then we'll figure out the rest with the guys we have in our roster that to me would have been a bad plan the best plan is to raise your floor at multiple positions and give yourself i mean jack carmen i i'm thinking kappa and karis come in your left, right guard and left guard respectively um there's also a lot of thought that he could be the center. And they moved Trey played center, too. But, I, but Trey Hopkins, uh, I think, center was his best position. I, I think he could stay there. So it, however you're gonna, going to sort of mix it up, you still have Jack Harmon as a possibility to win one of those jobs. Like, this isn't so much money that if that guy's on the bench, like if Ted Karras on the bench, you're really pissed off about it. That's fine. That's not a ton of money to be outlaying for a guy. And obviously, no offensive line in the NFL stays healthy for all. 16, 17 games, and throughout the playoffs. So you need that sort of depth. It's something they had to do. I wouldn't be surprised if they still had a tackle at some point in free agency here. But that was, like I said, that was what they had to do was get multiple positions because just getting one guy was not going to do enough for this offensive line. This, again, raises your floor to competency, which is really 
always said they needed to do. I am impressed. Continue to be impressed with what the Cincinnati Bengals are doing. Now for the Cleveland Browns haven't done much. We could probably move past them kind of quickly. They did have they do have David Njoku on the tag, one year ten point nine million dollar tag, but cut Jarvis Landry. Cut oh, and they cut Jarvis Landry, which we all kind of saw coming. Jarvis Landry yes. was due like fifteen million dollars in twenty twenty two. They're looking to make some changes there. They did, however, let's mention this move, trade for Mark Cooper. You yes. nailed that. You absolutely nailed that. We were hanging out on Saturday and you're like, I was like, Oh man, maybe it's a third could be a second, and they only traded a fifth-round pick to take on the entirety of that Amari Cooper contract. I just can't believe – I understand your reasoning around, like, why this would be low because of that contract, but two things. One, I just can't believe there wouldn't be another team willing to pay more. Like, you're telling me the Dolphins or the Jaguars yeah. weren't willing to pay more, and now you have the Jaguars grabbing Christian Kirk at $18 million per when you could have traded a fourth – and got, I mean, I mean, yeah. Don't even get me started on that, when we talk about the Jaguars. But that that's that's insane. That that just just take that c- comparison yes. for a second. Like the Jaguars yeah. went into this free agency, obviously locked in on Christian Kirk, mm-hmm. made this deal happen very soon into tampering, willing to pay him up to twenty one million dollars per year in bonuses or, or incentives, but it's actually a base deal of eighteen mil. When they had, I'm sure Amari Cooper on their lap for a fifth round pick. Because, I mean, the Jacksonville Jaguars' fifth-round pick is obviously higher in the draft than the Cleveland Browns is, right? They wouldn't even have had an upgrade to a fourth necessarily. So I'm still pretty stunned that a team didn't give up more, specifically the Jaguars or the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins right now are locking in on Cedric Wilson on a three-year deal. So the other Dallas Cowboys yeah. receiver, that's what I'm hearing right now. So, man, well, sorry Don't about— Don't not say that's what I'm hearing right now as if someone just texted no, me. No, I, mean, I mean, just saw it on so, Twitter. No, I, someone just slacked it to me. Someone just slacked it <laughs> okay. to me. Jonathan Jones. I wasn't trying to sound like an <laughs> asshole. Jonathan Jones said it. This is what I'm hearing right now. No, sorry. I'm giving this guy full credit. I'm a piece of shit. Uh, Senior NFL reporter from CBS Sports, Jonathan Jones, is saying the Dolphins and receiver Cedric Wilson Jr. are closing in on a three-year contract worth up to— million, 12.75 fully guaranteed at signing. Now, that's nowhere near what the Kirk deal was or nowhere near what the Cooper deal is at. That's a solid solid deal. It's for number three type of wide receiver. I actually like that deal Mm -hmm. for the Dolphins. Um, But back to the Mark Cooper trade, which even if you just look at it in the same vein of he's getting exactly what Mike Williams got in – Los Angeles, yeah, twenty million a year, and obviously his is like spread out twenty million, twenty million, twenty million in an odd fashion for a contract, and that every year is an even split, which some teams didn't love that because either they're going to have to rework it uh, or just to get that twenty million, they can't eat that twenty million in year one that they're going to have to. The Browns are going to have to, but even just like comparing those two deals, I would rather have Amari Cooper right now than Mike Williams. Still at this point in his career, Amari Cooper is twenty-seven years old. It's not mm-hmm. that old. Like, yeah. I would much rather have Amari Cooper right now than Mike Williams. That, to me, is wild that there wasn't a bigger market. Some are saying, I think Seth mentioned this, that he might not be a good fit with Baker. You know, because Amari Cooper is definitely a diva, a bit of a diva of a receiver. And he is – I don't know if he's a diva. He's diva diva is probably – and such a loaded word. I, I, let me, re, re, let me re, reel that in. Amari Cooper, though, was adamant when he left Oakland that he did not like – Oakland for how often he was targeted and he did not like the facilities like he was ready to go to Dallas for the glitz and the glamour and hopefully be like the number one player in that offense for Cleveland uh, there are people who are saying he's gonna be a worse fit there than OBJ do you agree with that uh no I don't agree with that I think I don't think there's a lot of guys who are great fits with Baker yeah but I I do think he's more at this point in his career he's a better just under any separator than Odell was last year so, 
that fits in a lot of offenses. I don't know. I, I don't. I would like to hear Seth explain that in here. His explanation for why I believe that exactly. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, on to who's next on our list here? The Dallas Cowboys. Speaking of trading Amari Cooper, they had. I mean, trading Amari Cooper for a fifth. It just. I mean, it is a terrible trade in hindsight now that they traded a first for him. Trade a first and then dump him after paying him and trading for a fifth. It's not great. Mm-hmm. Um, they did resign or not resign. They did give the franchise tag to Dalton Schultz and then signed Michael Gallup to a five-year, sixty-two and a half million dollar deal. What was your reaction to the Gallup deal? I thought the Gallup deal was compared to the rest of deals around the NFL. Very favorable. And obviously a five-year deal, I bet it's set up with lower cap hits early on escalating that they can probably get out of it with it looking more like a three-year 30 than a five-year 62, where mm-hmm. it's probably a lot bigger at the end than it is now. And so he Only was, $27 million guaranteed. Yeah, he was Less there. than half guaranteed, which you rarely see in today's deals. And so obviously they get a little discount or it's that the market was a little wary on him because of the torn ACL. Mm-hmm. And that's the elephant in the room here is you don't know. You could have just given a guy a contract for a guy who may not be himself, may not be Michael Gallup that he knew prior to this, but he's a good vertical tree runner and he's great at the catch point. And he's like a true outside type of wide receiver. So for me, if I at both at fully healthy, I will take Michael Gallup in a heartbeat over Chris Kirk. So for him to get that much less is not, obviously it goes back to the ACL, but is a good deal for the Cowboys, in my opinion. Yeah, because some Cowboys fans were pissed. So I saw some of the Cowboys fans pissed that they traded Mario Cooper just to re-sign Michael Gallup. I mean, but the price points are so different yeah. that it's not that's not really the decision you're making here. Sadly, Detroit Lions not much moves to make of here. Three years, twenty five million dollar deal for Tracy Walker, veteran safety for them. Green Bay, though, I do like. I'll just say, I hopefully it kind of stays that way. I like that the Dolph- Lions aren't getting too involved. Yeah, in free Green Bay, Green Bay Packers. I did skip over the Broncos. The Broncos haven't made much of de- any deal yet. Um, that we're, we're waiting to see what the Broncos do. But for do Green- something. Huh? Do something. Do something, there. Broncos. Chandler Jones. Do it. For the Green Bay Packers, Devontae Adams said he's not playing on the franchise tag, but they do have him on the franchise More tag. More posturing. Posturing. It was just like Rodgers when he was like, oh, like still considering playing somewhere else. It's just posturing for a new contract. We get it. He's I playing am- in Green Bay next year. I'll just say that. You're, he's playing in Green Bay next year? He's playing in Green Bay next year. All right, some people are trying to make the connection to Derek Carr. Who knows? Who knows? He bought a house in Vegas. Yeah, I would buy a house in Vegas if I had $20 million. So seeing, so. seeing the Christian Kirk deal, which is the new deal where you know, that's the latest like top-end wide receiver deal we've seen, Yeah. what do you think this Adams deal is going to be? So what's the top-end, right? I mean, like, 27.25 is DeAndre Hopkins' D-Hop. APY. He probably comes in around 30 for a three Jeez, years. <laughs> three years, 90 mil? Yeah, something like that. That's going to be banana land. That's going to be hefty, yeah. hefty, hefty, hefty. The other guy too, though, like Tyreek Hill's looking for an extension. There's, there's a hand, Chris Godwin's yeah, looking if, for a new deal. That's there's going to be some money thrown around in these receivers. Yeah, that's the one who I think made the most money here, Godwin, because I bet Godwin was looking at just from kind of a pure player perspective, looking at somewhere in the range of Mike Williams prior to, like somewhere in the range of low twenty millions. Now he has to be shooting a little higher than that. Double tag and. You just had a mid-tier number two getting or low-end number two getting eighteen million a year. He's got to be asked for about twenty-five at this point. Yeah, yeah. That's. I mean, he's going to be making a hefty, hefty penny here. The Christian Kirk deal is setting the stand standard high. Yeah. Um, other other moves here. Press. Multi-year deal. Devondre Campbell, the linebacker, five years, fifty million dollars for. 
Devondre Campbell, some big multi-year deals for their studs. I don't know how the heck we gave the Devondre Campbell deal an average grade. You want it to be above average? That's an elite deal. Five years, $52 million for a 28-year-old linebacker coming off an all-pro season who is a perfect scheme fit that turned that defense around. Message to the editors. I can't believe we gave that average grade. He was exceptional last year. And I think the reason he came back and wanted to play in Green Bay is he even said it. He's like, this is the first team that like I really felt comfortable in over the course of the last season. Like he, I, I'm buying that is a different dude because he was like himself saying early on last season like this feels different like i feel better than ever like in this system and yeah it's a big jump over the two million dollar deal he played on last year and yeah it's ten million dollars a year still for a linebacker but like ten million dollars a year for a linebacker is relatively cheap foyer luacon just got 15 million a year and i'd yeah. rather have devondra campbell over him in a heartbeat for oh, the next, that's a fact at least three years so yeah i don't know who gave this one average but you're smoking, smoking something that <laughs> calling out people at BMF are smoking. Yeah, um, and the Preston Smith deal. Like I, I'm surprised they got. I, I'm. I would love to see. I'm gonna obviously love to see these details when they come out in terms of like the how these are set up because they're playing. They're making some magic here with how these, like I said, how these deals are set up. Because five years fifty, five years fifty is actually very low. But the Preston Smith for four years fifty two extension, not a lot guaranteed. They were twelve point two million guaranteed, so maybe that's how. But it's uh, interesting. I, I think Packers have done a great job of retaining talent that was on that roster and the guys that actually made an impact last year. Obviously, cutting Big Z, you would love to have him on the team, but he played seventeen snaps. Also, the big numbers here, right? I think everyone we say this every single year, but fall for it again every single year. Is the most important figure you see when guaranteed. you see these contracts reported is the guaranteed. Preston Williams, his new contract only twelve point two million dollars guaranteed. It's essentially a one year deal. Like, I mean, it could it could essentially become a one year deal depending on how it's structured. But like a four year fifty two million dollar deal where there's only twelve point two million guaranteed. There's a lot of funny money in there there's a lot of funny money in there he could probably be cut after this year or next year for zero dead space we haven't seen the guaranteed money on the devon J. campbell deal but i doubt it's that much different like i doubt that it's uh backloaded in any way and they're going to lock themselves into like some zeke situation like the zeke yeah. contract for the dallas cowboys is the opposite of what you want when you're a team especially that's working with a quarterback on a veteran deal the green bay packers have a monster yeah. on their on their cap with Aaron Rodgers. What you have to do is, yeah, you bake in some of these multi-year deals and, and maybe add a layer of like stability to what these, these players are getting, but you don't bake in a lot of guaranteed money. So if you need to cut bait and you need to make moves, you can. Yeah. Houston Texans have not made a lot of deals. I think they re-signed Anthony Auclair. I, I haven't watched a lot of Auclair Lit. tape, but mm. I'm not ready to comment on that move. Get to me when I come back. Mo Ali cox of the Indianapolis Colts did resign with um, did resign with them three years, eighteen million dollars. I was I was excited to see him somewhere else, just because the quarterback situation for the Indianapolis Colts kind of stinks. Um, but Colts Colts got Mo Ali cox back, and I, I like Mo Ali cox He's he's graded well in flashes, yeah. and I do think that he offers. He's a starting tight end in the NFL, and at nine million dollars per, I think that's a good deal for the Colts. Yeah, I. I have to agree, and this is kind of, like I said, a very much Colt signing. They don't go too much above this on a per-year basis. And he's a guy who still, obviously, hadn't played a ton of football before he got to the NFL, only 28 years old. So still think his best football could be ahead of him. Jacksonville Jaguars. Before we get into the Jacksonville Jaguars, because I think you're going to have a lot to say, and I'm going to have a lot to say as well. I'm going to remind everyone that this podcast is sponsored by Western Southern. While you would focus on your roster moves, 
Western Southern helps advance your money moves. Buying your first home, planning to start a family, wondering how to make your money grow. Western Southern's playbook of life insurance, investment, and retirement solutions helps you rest assured on game day. Team up to understand needs and address goals with a game plan built just for you. Get started at westernsouthern.com slash PFF. Also going to comment on some of the results of the YouTube. We put out a poll. Is Austin a chains guy or a ring guy? Yes or no? And 55% said no on 55 votes. So I have to kind of move away from the rings. Okay. Others said, dude, just get a hat because your hair looks like shit, which I think is also good. All others said, blonde your mustache because that's where you're trending. I don't hate that. I, I, I could get behind a lot of these suggestions, actually. <laughs> Austin with a chain and rings would look like an adult film producer. It's not a bad pivot in a career. Um, anyway. Let's move off Western Southern. Let's move off my hair and talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars. Cam Robinson franchise tagged. Already people were not happy with that deal. Not a lot of people thought that made sense. They thought they were locking into an offensive tackle at number one overall. That deal alone, plus a quote tweet from NFL media's Daniel Jeremiah, moved Aiden Hutchinson's odds of going number one overall from plus 750 to like minus 200. Since then, those have been ballooned out to minus 350 because they've also made other moves along the offensive line. They signed Brandon Scherf, the interior offensive lineman for the Washington, Washington Commanders. They bring him in on a big deal. They also signed in Foya side. I think it's just Foya Oluokun, linebacker, um, a three-year $45 million deal, which is, like you said, more than the Devondre Campbell deal and $28 million guaranteed. Well over 50% of that contract is that guaranteed. That means he's staying there three years. Yeah, yeah. essentially staying there for three years. They also signed Fuller Runzo Fatukasi, one of the better run defenders coming over, a three-year, $30 million deal, and then the Christian Kirk deal. The Christian Kirk deal is a four-year, $72 million deal worth up to $84 million with incentives. Now, that's a big jump, right? That's like a $12 million jump in incentives. Essentially, it's a four-year, $72 million deal. We have not seen the guarantees come out for that deal yet, but the reaction on Twitter was not great giving him that much money, an $18 million APY floor. That is pretty insane. What They're just spending big. They're just spending big in a lot of different positions. Scherf, Oluwakin, Fatukasi, Kirk. And I just don't know if they're making, with the money that they're spending, as big of upgrades. Like the upgrades are not mirroring the cap that they're spending. So I'll start with the good. I think the Folo Fatukasi deal, the nose tackle coming over from the Jets, he's been, of course, his career, one of the better run defending nose tackles. That's a good price point for probably a top five run defending nose tackle in the NFL. That's it's a good move. Like I, you know, you talk about the Panthers use a top ten pick on a guy who they hope that could is what he could turn into. It's like that's that's what you want. That's the kind of deal you want to sign for, in my opinion. Now, from there, they just paid too much. Like, and not just a little too. Like, I'm not going to sh- shit on how the competency of these guys, but they all overpaid by five-plus million dollars per year for every single guy that they've paid so far. Yeah. Five million a year. So that's $15 million that they've just kind of thrown out the window based off of what these guys are worth. And, and I went back and watched Christian Kirk because I was, like, hearing these numbers getting thrown out, and I went back and watched three games of his routes and was just the exact same opinion I had on him before. I was like, this guy is a number three in your offense, ideally. Number two, If he's your number two, which, like, he has been in Arizona – you can probably get by, but you'd rather he be your number three slot. He's not an outside wide receiver. He's not great after the catch. He has good ball skills, not great. He doesn't have a plus trait, in my opinion. He's got a little more speed than your average probably slot wide receiver. But on the open market, he's probably like what I would pay from somewhere in the neighborhood of 8 to $9 million a year. Because, like I said, I would want him to be my wife. Ideally, if I have Trevor Lawrence and I want to win a Super Bowl and I want a high-powered offense – 
he should be my number three. With what you're paying him, there's no way in hell he is going to be your number three. And so that's like the problem here is you're caking through all your cap space to go eight and nine next year. And it's like you can all – like cap space rolls over. You always have it. You don't need – just because you don't have players right now doesn't mean you can't go get them in the future. It doesn't mean there's other avenues like trading a fourth rounder for Amari Cooper. So to me, they just, like I said, overpaid for a lot of guys. Yeah, they got better, but they blew through a ton of cap space for guys who are going to make a modicum of impact in mm-hmm. 2022. The Christian Kirk deal, especially when you know Juxtapos are compared to – the Amari Cooper potential trade scenario makes it look that much worse. I would so much rather have Amari Cooper and one last fifth round pick and the money that you give to him than you would Christian Kirk. Like that's just a fact right now. Um, what this also does to LaVisca Chenault and the production, the development there, I think is another <laughs> absurd piece of it. Like LaVisca Chenault Jr. was supposed to be your slot. Now you're going to have Christian Kirk being in the slot, but with them paying that much money, are they going to put him back on the outside? Like I, I, I you almost have to, right? Like yeah, that's what you're thinking. You're not like, He'd be the far and away the highest paid slot receiver I can remember. Like, yeah. I don't know, no one gets so that you, kind so of So this past year he played on the outside, where, or inside. He averaged 1.8 yards per route run from the slot, which is top 10 among slot receivers last year. I think it was tied for seventh. So like you start to talk yourself into him playing in the slot in the NFL, or for your team. But if you move him back to the outside, he averaged 1.11 yards per route run on the outside over the first two years with Arizona, and that was not good. That's really bad. That's like bottom 15 among outside receivers. So – I think they're going to play him in the slot. And if you do that and you force LaVisca Chanel Jr. to play him on the outside, that's just not what the role that you're supposed to be playing him win. I, I, it's, it's, it's an interesting decision from Jackson. And the last point here, before you should move on to someone else, is the Jaguars just saw how paying a guard in free agency, and we didn't even have the apparently the brand Sheriff deal on because they were supposed to be signing him, but the numbers haven't come out yet. Paying guard with Andrew Norwell, who did like zilch there can, to transform their offensive line. He was fine, but like was not a transformative piece by any means mm-hmm. because tackles are still your offensive line, the main drivers between the success and failure. And paying a linebacker in Joe Schobert that they got tried to get rid of like immediately after they signed him. And they go out and do the exact same thing again with Brandon Scherf and Boyo Lucan. Boyo Lucan. Man, I'm interested to see how it happens. Now I, I agree I like the Fatu Kasi deal. I, hate, I don't love the Cam Robinson decision. I think I, I think there's a good chance. I don't know what the Scherf deal is going to come out to, but there is a good chance it come, could come to the same amount that the Bengals are playing, paying Karras and Kappa combined. Right? Yeah. They're going to pay him $19 million next year. Essentially, if Scherf gets into that like 16 to 18 range, it's going to be very close. Um, Jacksonville Jaguars continue to befuddle me. There have been some moves that have been announced. If you're yes. watching live on YouTube, I'm going to get to those, but we're going alphabetical. So there's something in Miami that just happened. There's two things in Miami that just happened. Something and there's one thing that just happened in L.A. We will get there. Stay tuned. Continue to follow along tailgate and my wacky hair. Vote on the rings. Do I want rings? Do I want a chain? We'll see. Kansas City Chiefs. Not a lot of moves made for the Kansas City Chiefs. Orlando Brown Jr. on the franchise tag right now. They're probably look, working to a long-term deal. Las Vegas Raiders haven't made a ton of moves the either. Chiefs may be restructuring. Frank Clark is the other thing. I think restructuring. Yeah, I think I saw that as well. And so I... I I'm curious to see what it comes out to because, I mean, he probably could still be an impact player in the roster, but he hasn't been in a, he hasn't been in a while. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think maybe the maybe sort of him realizing that hey, I, uh, I'm not going to be making more money unless I get my shit together could be could be could lead to some improved performance. Money can be a nice motivator for some guys. 
for the Las Vegas Raiders, we haven't seen a ton of moves from them. I know they did cut Corey Littleton. That was a rough contract. They went on a run of some really bad contracts. J- uh, Jamarcus Joyner, Tyrell Williams, Antonio Brown, Corey Littleton. Nick Wachowski wasn't near the money that Littleton was, but still a deal that has not like exceeded expectations by any means. They need to clean house a little bit on the, the, the people that signed in the previous regime and, and reset. That's for sure. They're supposed to be big players for what, I, what I'm not hearing. What I've seen on fucking Twitter is they're going to be big players for Marquez Valdez-Scantling and yeah. or DJ Chark. Yeah. So they're looking they for that they vertical stretcher, that, 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 that guy. In there. I, mean, I, I would bet – I would say there's a 100% chance they sign one of them. I would say there's a 100% chance the Raiders sign either Chark or Marquez Valdez-Scantling. So to go back to the Littleton thing, I went back and looked up linebacker contracts. I saw the foyer – uh, Khan, top, he's, I think, the fourth highest paid linebacker in the NFL now after that deal. And went back and looked at the five, last five linebackers to switch teams and get over $10 million a year. And there were Corey Littleton, cut after two years. Blake Martinez, restructured after two years. Pay cut after two years. Jamie Collins didn't even make it through two years. Mm-hmm. CJ Mosley, who would be cut right now had he, would, he, would it not cost the Jets more to cut him than to keep him on the roster? And Quan Alexander, who didn't even make it through two years. Not That's great. a bad. Don't don't go out and sign other people's linebackers. So how much they're of that specific? They're so like, how not much to say that, they're specific, yeah. but like fit in a scheme and comfortability in a scheme is so big that if you're paying a guy a lot of money to expect the same results in your scheme, it's just more often than not like they get paid a lot because they were in the scheme that looked the best in. You know, <laughs> more often than not, it's like when they look good. That's probably the scheme that was good for them. So unless you are a disciple of said scheme that they were in it might not work out for you well i say i think it's the scheme piece of it but also i saw someone tweet out i think it was someone who's like been a scout in the nfl for a while it's like an nfl person say there's a reason that certain veterans hit for agency right you have to figure out what that reason is like there are players that are very good that the team say yes we are willing to let you test for agency yeah. versus others and i think that's always an important component of it as well so when you do end up bringing on a player that was really good in one situation he might not be good in the next situation that's why free agency like it's literally why it's buyer beware it's why well, certain teams that avoid it and all that shit and then there's goes back to the psychological class of what i kind of just talked about about money can be a big motivator it can also be someone's Ruined. motivator that once they get it you know like the people that ch- chase the bag so to speak once they get it like from their first contract that's all they're thinking about and then they're you know the guys aren't the guys that are wanting to go test the market to get as much money as humanly possible once they get that as much money as humanly possible maybe the workouts like slows off that's like a very human trait to yeah want to sure. do so that could be part of it that's a big part of just a decision you have to think about in free agency as well we are on to the los angeles chargers who have given Mike Williams a three-year, $60 million contract extension to stay in L.A. and signed former New England Patriots cornerback J.C. Jackson to a five-year, $82.5 million deal, $40 million guaranteed, probably over the first three years. That puts him at 16.5 or roughly $16.5 million APY, which fits him sixth or seventh among cornerbacks in average salary per year. An impressive, impressive figure. Tip your cap. Holy shit. Congratulations to J.C. Jackson, who is an undrafted free agent that has just legitimately secured the bag. (laughs) Two... Some people, I saw Dallin Jeremiah say, great move by Los Angeles Chargers allows them to kick Asante Samuel Jr. inside. Is that part of the reasoning for this move? I thought they wanted to keep him on the outside. But still, regardless of what you do with Asante Samuel Jr., that immediately, immediately improves this defense significantly. Yeah, I think that does kick him to the slot. You have Michael Davis, you have J.C. Jackson. 
outside cornerbacks. D- Davis definitely isn't the guy moving to the slot. Jackson, you're not paying him that much to move him to the slot. So, yeah, I think that moves Asante Samuel, which I think he was fine outside there, but I think he could be good in the slot as well. So uh, he's versatile enough that that's why you draft the guy where you did to play both positions. But J.C. Jackson, I, I said I don't want to be the guy to pay Patriots cornerbacks. I didn't think this deal was crazy. I didn't think this deal was out of the realm of – I was expecting, given his production, given his history in terms of like high interception production – that usually gets overpaid for with nine in 2020, eight this past season. I was thinking, you know, he's going to touch 20 million a year. Mm-hmm. Like he's going to get up there near Jalen Ramsey and didn't falls in the neighborhood of where Byron Jones signed for yeah. just a couple of years ago. Yeah. So you're telling me that I can get the guy for what Byron Jones just signed for. And two years after Byron Jones signed his deal, I think this is a great move for the Chargers. And and the thing about the Chargers that they've done and paid for this offseason is certainty. They know Mike Williams is good with Justin Herbert. Mm-hmm. He just went over 1,000 yards this last year. They know Khalil Mack can rush the passer. That's literally what he's done every single year of his NFL career. They know that J.C. Jackson can cover and create interceptions. So, yeah, maybe they've paid a lot for it, but that's why you, that's why you have a Justin Herbert on a rookie deal. That's what you do when you have that cheap quarterback. So this, this Chargers team is going to look vastly different, especially on the defensive side of the ball, in 2022, and I think that's a good thing. Los Angeles still, Rams. Still need no stack roll. Jordan Davis, 17, if he gets there? Well, I think they can go sign one for not a lot of money still. They still got cash to play with here. Los Angeles Rams done some moves to re-sign some guys. Three-year, $40 million deal for Joseph Nopum, which I thought was a, an impressive deal for him, right? He's not a guy that's played a ton for them, but, man, it shows how much they, they value him moving forward and, and um, obviously shows like the writing's on the wall for Andrew Whitworth, Brian Allen. Three years, $24 million deal for him as well. So they bring back both Noteboom and Allen along that offensive line. I was very good for the Rams. I, I didn't – I thought the Noteboom deal, to come in where it did, I, I think it can be – I mean, it gives you a seamless transition plan at left tackle, whether Whitworth retires or not. Um, he's probably not going to be playing more than this upcoming year if he does come back. So I think a very good deal for them, for a guy who has tackle and guard versatility in that offense to where – if he had been starting all last year, he could have gotten he could have gotten a lot more than that. For the Miami Dolphins, they're the next on our alphabetical list here as we cruise through. Mike Kosicki officially signs his franchise tag uh, for them. Chase Edmonds signed a two-year, $12.6 million deal with $6.1 million guaranteed. Essentially, could essentially be a one-year one deal depending on how that contract is structured. And then they just signed Cedric Wilson to, I believe it was a three-year deal in the – 10 million a year range or no three-year 22.8 million dollar deal for cedric wilson that is that's a great deal for wilson to come in as their wide receiver three and then there are they also signed teddy bridgewater to come in and back up to a tongue vailoa do we run into more herky jerky with Tua tongue vailoa coming off the bench i mean maybe i don't know some people are saying teddy's a lot of the jokes on twitter is that teddy's better than tua they have similar arm talent i'll say that um (laughs) I mean, it is like the righty, less athletic version of Tua. So that it's not a bad. I mean, Tua with his injury history, it's not a bad guy. Science backup, but I think that's. I, I do like the Wilson deal, though. That's a guy who's a solid number three, and that's probably. I I would have liked them to attack. Maybe still could like them to attack a wide receiver in the draft, but that's uh, it's not a bad deal at all. Yeah, not not overly upset about the Edmonds deal, too. I think that did stir up a lot of running backs, don't matter, Twitter for sure, saying you could obviously get a player yeah. that could replace his production in the draft. But it's not 
super long term, and it's not. It's not nearly. You know the deal that comes up comes to mind with like bad running back deals is the Kenyon Drake deal from last year. Kenyon Drake legitimately came in to be a backup, and they had to restructure his deal this year to even free up space. The Las Vegas Raiders, like this Edmonds deal, they he comes in to be your starter. Now they could draft one still, but you're signing him with that with a bad running back group there. Exactly, in place already. Exactly. Um, Minnesota Vikings. Only thing we've seen so far, a little little contract extension for our boy. Kirk Cousins, one year, $35 million, fully guaranteed. People are calling him the Football Business Hall of Fame. Yes. What's, which, where's your stance on the Kirk Cousins discourse? Because I do I, think it's gotten to a, le- a toxic level of people fucking hate him. I actually thought one year is $35 million, and now with the way he structures his deals, like the cap hit, it never gives you a low cap hit than a high cap hit. Like there's no – it gets $35 million on your cap next year. So that's obviously – you know, it's a big chunk to swallow, but he's, that's the range I'd put him in. You know, like I'm surprised he was willing to sign this extension because after this year, he would have like hit open market. And we've seen right now how much the open market's just out of control at the moment. So maybe he does. Maybe he's gotten a little soft in his old age. He's trying to, maybe he's got a soft spot for Minnesota. Maybe he likes the, I was trying to think of like a local Minnesota cuisine or something, but what's a local Minnesota cuisine? Or like beer. Like, I don't know. Is there any? I don't know. I mean, like chili, like like you would say, Skyline chili. In okay, I, I'm sorry I said anything. You, you, thank you. <laughs> Appreciate the apology. Uh, that, that that essentially though puts the trade rumors away. Though I mean, it, people were talking about Kirk Cousins potentially being traded. He's an option for these teams that need quarterback. He's staying in Minnesota. That's that's for damn sure. Yes, I, I mean, realistically, if they really wanted to trade him, this might make him a more attractive trade partner because you have him for two years now instead of one. And so he can't bend you over if you're trading for him. Gotcha. But so you're trying to protect but the I, team but from I, Kirk. Yeah, but I don't think you would if you're the Vikings. Like, I think they did this for themselves, just realistically. Fair enough. On to a handful of teams we're skipping: Patriots, Saints, Giants. Haven't seen a ton of moves come from them, or a ton of notable news moves come from them. The Jets, however, three-year, forty million dollar deal with twenty-seven million guaranteed for Lincoln Tomlinson, the former San Francisco 49ers interior offensive lineman, and then they also re-signed Braxton Berrios, slot receiver. Only a two-year, twelve million dollar deal for Berrios. I thought Berrios was going to draw a little bit more than that. Now he's not. I'm not saying he's a freaking all timer, but he is like a starting caliber slot that had a lot of success for them. I thought he'd be making a pretty penny. And again, especially seeing some of these other receivers, right? You see mm-hmm. what Cedric Wilson got. You saw what Christian Kirk got. You'd think that Braxton Berrios and his agent maybe could have negotiated for more. But there you have it. Jets getting Lincoln Tomlinson and Braxton Berrios. So interesting thing about Tomlinson, and I and I think this is a fine deal for them. Kind of like in terms of like obviously they needed it. They were garden needy if you look at him versus greg van roten it's night and day but lady tomlinson has played 65 snaps in his nfl career at right guard that's where he's going to play i would imagine should he get to new york jets i don't think they're going to move elijah tucker use first rounder on him that's a little more investment than the guy you just signed off the street so he played right guard at duke but only 65 snaps in the nfl the rest his entire career he has been a left guard mm-hmm. so could be a learning curve for the 30-year-old guard. And some, I saw Duke Manyweather talking about him a bit and about that like move to switch and how it could be a bit of a learning curve as well. And that um, I think there's there's multiple people with that same level of analysis around Lincoln Tomlinson uh, for the New York Jets. Moving down. But also, some guys can do it. So yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's like not, not by any means, but just something to keep in mind. Philadelphia Eagles. 
only move I've seen notable from the Eagles so far is a three-year, $45 million deal for Hassan Reddick to be a quote-unquote weapon for the Philadelphia Eagles. $30 million guaranteed for Reddick as well. That is now at $15 million per year for a pass rusher. That is on the lower end. But to get $30 million guaranteed, that's where that shows up. Yeah, this is the Eagles, man. They invest D-line, invest pass rushers. Reddick is a unique sort of pass rusher too. He is about as pure a speed rusher as exists in the NFL. And his sack holes are a little phony because of that, because he's a guy who's going to convert to sacks a lot when you're athletic and chase down quarterbacks, can get to the top of the pocket and bend back. You are a guy who's going to create sacks. When you're more that power rusher that like creates pressure by bullying an offensive lineman into a quarterback, you're not going to create as many sacks. It's going to lead to more like the guys that like quarterbacks escape outside the pocket. So he's kind of an all-or-nothing sort of rusher, but – Definitely an upgrade, in my opinion, over like a Derek Barnett, who now I, I imagine is not going to be a Philadelphia Eagle after that. We dropped a poll in the live YouTube. We appreciate everyone following along. Over 1,100 people watching right now, Mike. Freaking cruising. Put a, uh, a poll in there and said, who's going to win the AFC West? Do you can't, want to know who's going to win the AFC West? You can't talk about the numbers of the people watching it. That's like... Is that bad? It's amateurish. It's amateur? Yeah. Well, never mind. No one's watching us. Uh, do you know what the poll said, though? Oh, no. I didn't even listen. Who's going to win the AFC West? Who do you think won the poll? Oh. Um... Raiders, our Raiders? No. 48% Chargers, 38% Chiefs, 11% Broncos, 4% Raiders. Oh, no one believes in our Raiders. No one believes in our Raids. No one believes in our Raids. Uh, Josh McDaniels, Coach of the Year. You love to see it. first. You love to see it. All right, Pittsburgh Steelers. Mitchell Trubisky. The rumor is they signed a two-year $30 million deal, but that's still yet to be confirmed. Is that actually the rumor? That is the rumor. The, ru- the rumor is that he signed a two-year, $30 million deal. That is the rumor. Now, we don't know if that's true yet. Stop, dude. Well, There's well, no fucking way that's true. What do you think it should be? What did he sign for last year? $4 million? Yeah. How has the price gone up? I don't know. I don't know. But Why has the price gone up? You've seen all the buzz. Remember Indianapolis? The quarterback, I, 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 the quarterback talked about the $2.5 million last year. Why has the price gone up? I, so that's just a rumor. We're just throwing that rumor out. Inflation. I, I, Joe Biden's America's out of control. Stop. <laughs> no, they, that's just the rumor. Some people are okay. floating it around. Two years, $30 million. Or That's what the rumor is. Now, what do you think it should be? It's not going to be two and a half mil. With all the buzz we're hearing at Indianapolis, there's one quarterback's name that came up more than anybody. And it's Mitch. Yeah. Everyone wanting Mitch. Everyone so. wanting Mitch to come in and compete. He was going to come in New York. And for Pittsburgh to sign him, like, he has a legit chance to start and like probably will. For that offense, I'd rather have Teddy Bridgewater right now. That's a fact. So you're picking the Pittsburgh Steelers to win the AFC North? I guess Let's ask the chat. Well, Let's ask the chat. We need to poll the chat. Opinion, Who but... is winning the AFC North? Who is winning the AFC North? We need to Not know. Why Steelers, is it Mitchell Trubisky? Um, someone, dude, someone tweeted out that Mitch Trubisky is now, might be the second best quarterback in the AFC North. I almost spit out my coffee earlier. but No way. It was. it was just like a fan who tweeted out. Okay. But, dude, that's just – the. Steelers fans were going through it, rightfully so. Like that, you had Russell Wilson was available on the market. You had, I'm trying to think of who else was available. Like there were quarterbacks, anyone was available besides Mitch Trubisky that you could have gone out and taken looks at, tried to go get, and this is what you end up with, you know? I don't get I don't. I don't understand. I would put the win, if Mitch Trubisky starts 17 games for the Pittsburgh Steelers, just because I have so much faith in Mike Tomlin, I'd still put the win total at six and a half, seven and a half. 
with, with, with Mitch, as bad as Mitch was. I mean, think about how bad Big Ben was last year. True. Trubisky comes in, yeah, maybe you overpay, but I still think they could squeak out eight, nine games, eight, nine wins. I, I, that, okay, that's, that's just the thing, though. It's like, what are we trying to do here? You have a good team. He's trying to squeak out another first round exit. Like, you're we, trying to squeak out. We've into talked a, about this ad nauseum. I know. Every time I know. we get on this pod, it's like, no, if, we, but, if every front office made decisions on how, what's our quickest path to the Super Bowl, no one signs Trubisky. That's just a fact. Like, yeah. no, no one in the pit, there, there's no way the Pittsburgh Steelers front office is making that decision thinking Mitch Trubisky can take them to the Super Bowl or get them closer to a Super Bowl. They're doing it to maintain mediocrity and not bottom out. And, and Mike Tomlin doesn't make have sure a Mason Rudolph doesn't see the field. I get that. And make sure Mason Rudolph doesn't see the field. Like we, I, I think there has to be a point where we stop considering that teams even remotely make consistently make decisions to to yeah. pursue a Super Bowl. Right? I think there's only a handful of seasons where they're even thinking in that way. A lot of them are thinking, how do we avoid bottoming out? How do we avoid losing jobs? How do we avoid any of that stuff? And sometimes it is signing Mitch Trubisky to limp to a seven eight win season, and that's fine for them. If that's what they want, that's the expectations they're setting, that's fine. Um, some big news happened. Oh, no. Off of the Trubisky deal. They're, what, where are they at? Dude, I could save it. Now I have to save it. I have to save it. Something big happened in Tampa Bay, and we're going to get to it. We are going to get to it. We're going to first get back to the Seattle Seahawks, who have made a series of moves here. Quandre Diggs comes back on a three-year, $40 million deal. Sidney Jones comes back on a one-year, $3.6 million deal. They bring back Al Woods, the defensive tackle, on a two-year, $9 million deal. Will Disley, three years, $24 million. Dude. All, so the Sidney Jones and Al Woods moves you can throw out the window. I mean, they're no, they're no money. Next to no money, they're bringing them back um, and, and see the little, very little negative effect. But the Diggs yeah. and Disley deals are both eight, um, eight and ten-year tenure, uh, 10 mil per on average per value. Yeah, I like Quandre Diggs. I think that's a good number for him. We say safeties are undervalued so you get a good safety for that sort of price point where it's like far less than you know we see other positions getting i'm all for that the the will disley deal might be the weirdest one i've seen in free agency yet they just traded for noah fan you know and i get that noah fan has what maybe like one more year on his rookie deal before you have to i don't know maybe they're gonna exercise fifth year option right now i don't know but i assume they would they traded for him so two years left you sign your number two, your blocking tight end, to an $8 million a year deal for a blocking tight end? That's just – that money has to be – there has to be a better way to spend that money. It, uh, I don't know. I just – three years, $24 million for your blocking tight end. 262 career – 262 yards in a season is Will Disk's career high. So, I have know, heard he's a big locker room guy, though. Big locker room guy. I'll have to text Nick. Ask him if he's the, yeah. if get, he's the get, glue that keeps together the, the 7 and 10 Seahawks. Get, is your buddy Nick a free agent or is he no, back? he's got one more year, dude. Let's Don't freaking go. Let's go. Um, off of the Seattle Seahawks. Cashing those checks. On to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Who have Chris Godwin on the franchise tag. Yeah. Resigned Ryan Jensen to a three-year $39 million. Really shortly after the Brady break comeback. Obviously bringing him back. And then they just re-signed Carlson Davis to a three-year $45 million deal. They are getting the band back together. How are they making it work? I don't know. With the cap situation, everyone has figured out the cap except for the Cowboys. Apparently, the Cowboys <laughs> are the only team who are hurting, who are like having to shed dudes because of their cap management. But what a W! And it's not even a big number. Three years, forty-five million dollars. I mean, fifteen million per when J.C. Jackson's getting six. That's solid. That's really good for Carlton Davis. It's very interesting to me this cornerback market because. Where was it? Like two years ago, we were at the point. It was like the Byron Jones deal. Um, and that offseason, that was like 2019 offseason. 
when I guess it's pre-pandemic. So maybe maybe there is some pandemic uh, shockwave still being felt in some of these deals because it was any old average player. If you were a top 20 player at your respective position, you were set in the market. Whether it's Nate Solder, whether it's CJ Mosley, yeah. like all these guys, uh, Byron Jones. If you were halfway good, you were set in the market. And, and that is what I expected for guys like J.C. Jackson, for Carlton Davis. I expected them to be right up there. Market and maybe, resetting. Maybe you got Jalen Ramsey up at the top right now, and like no one can ask for more than Jalen Ramsey because then the front office come back to you and say you're not as good as Jalen Ramsey. So like it'll push those guys to all under that. But I thought we see everyone come in the neighborhood of somewhere between Drew Davis, White, and Mar- Marshawn Lattimore. But these are good deals for these teams, in my opinion. I wonder why that, why that is. Is it because there's more obvious top players at their position right now and people aren't able to come in and say, We're, I'm better than him, I'm better than that? I don't know. Because I definitely agree with you that in the past it's always been like, oh, if you're going to resign him, it's going to have to be a top mark deal. Yeah. And now you're seeing guys come in. I mean, the only one who's even coming close to that is uh, Christian Kirk, who's actually been able to scratch some of that previous free agent luster here. I think that's going to do it. We're almost done here with the teams here. Tennessee Titans, they bring back Ben Jones on a two-year $14 million deal. Only thing Washington Commanders have done is uh, – Carson Wentz. Mm. That, they, already won, they already won their offseason. That's mm-hmm. money in the bank now. No need, to, no need to do anything more. That's the improvement. Well, and they lost Brandon Scherf, right? So they, yeah. <laughs> they lose Brandon Scherf. He's signing with the Jacksonville Jaguars. They trade for Carson Wentz, two third-rounders, maybe a second-rounder, depending on how many snaps he plays. But that is uh, pretty banana land, pretty banana land. That's it for free agency right now, man. Anything else, anything else come to mind as we before we sign off here? Uh, oh, we, we have more stuff. The, should we do the segments? We have like other the rest segments. Of the show we have other we segments. I am a piece of shit. Uh, before we get to the segments here, I'm going to call out proud sponsor of the Tailgate Podcast. It's All22. Our friends at All22 are unveiling the newest fantasy football game that hundreds of PFF employees have been playing. All22 uses PFF grades as one of its main scoring components and tests your ability to build a 53-man roster, offensive line included. If you've ever dreamt of sitting in a front office, if you enjoy the scouting process, you're going to want to check out All22. Join the waitlist on all-22.com with nothing more than your email. All22, less fantasy, more football. Fun to reads. There's a handful of good ones here. A real handful of good ones that we're going to have to get to. Let's we, start with the big dogs. Start with, yeah, this, was, this is agent season. Agent this is, qu- this season. is copy and paste season from agents. And my favorite one here came from Ian Rapport, Rap Sheet. Now, I, this is not hating on these guys. This is, the, this is the life they lead. I have no, again, I'm throwing no shade towards them, but it is amazing that they – what they will spit out that is not their opinion whatsoever, but that will come from their Twitter account because, well, the job is relationships. They got to keep their relationship nice with the agent. So Ian Rapport says this, why would the Cowboys trade Amari Cooper? It's not just the money this year. It's also that they have a number one wide receiver already on the roster. The spin zone of saying that you were going to trade Amari Cooper because, oh, we have too many good – we have a yeah. good receiver already. We don't need two. It's not because we made a bad decision trading for him and giving him this contract in the first place and then also re-signing Zeke Elliott to a monster contract and then cap. also doing all these other cap decisions to a point where we can't keep good players. It's actually because we have too many good players, and, and the true number one is really what's keeping us off of it. Yeah. Drafting CeeDee Lamb forced us yeah. to trade away Amari Cooper for a fifth-round pick. If you have two number ones, you don't have any. That's what the the old saying. It's true. Now, the other one, the other agent speak that got often criticized by a friend of the show, Adam Schefter. You know, he tweets out, this is why Deshaun Watson from the beginning welcomed the police investigation. He felt he knew that the truth would come out. And today, a grand jury did not charge him on any criminal complaints. He did 
clarify, I think an hour after, saying this is a poorly worded tweet. It deserves a proper response. It was intended to provide insight and strategy of Watson's legal team from its point of view. I should have been clear, as legal experts have explained, a lack of indictment alone does not mean someone is innocent. So you, when this first tweet first came out, we were doing the serious radio show. And yeah. You're saying what he's trying to tweet, and as he admits, poorly worded, though, yeah. is this is how – his agency sees like his point of view like yes. Watson's legal team's point of view is this now how he worded it made it look like it was his point of view yes which is where where obviously he received a lot of criticism yeah, yeah but we never talked about the Sean Watson stuff on no, the show we haven't and we should have talked about the catch the bus that's on us but I do think that's kind of still the elephant in the room is that someone's going to trade for him he's going to play games next season now I don't think he's going to he's going to get suspended I believe but I don't think it's going to be for a full year and that's going to shift balance of power to Whoever gets him, it seems the front runners Carolina, New Orleans, and he's going to meet with a few teams. But I think I saw recently a report that's saying he's not wanting Carolina. Like he's meeting with Carolina, but he's leaning towards saying no unless they put together. Because I mean, he unless they put together an off the line. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like I don't know why you choose Carolina. I don't know. I don't know why you choose Carolina. It's not in a good place. Well, but he's from Carolina, but that's why. Deshaun, the Deshaun Watson stuff we have not talked about. Tom, we should have covered on the Catch Noy Buzz. Kevin we'll do it when the trade breaks, though, because yeah. the trade's going to break here. So. Yeah, the trade's going to break. The trade will break. The next one we're doing here on the fun to read segment, though, Andrew Filipponi, the Pony Express is his tag. He talks about sports on Pittsburgh at 93.7 The Fan. said, Mitch Trubisky has a chance to be the worst starting quarterback in Steelers history. This is the end of an era. Hall of Fame quarterback for almost 20 years. Now we get to experience firsthand how the rest of the world lives. He was tweeting through it. He had a number of tweets on I, it. I kind of love the first reply here, too. I'm not sure if Quinn's able to show this on the YouTube, but Aditi, I won't pronounce her last name and, and to not butcher it, but she's a reporter for NFL Network. Holy crap, Pony. Can you at least give the poor guy get to town? We're clearly going to be fighting in an hour. I, I do think that the you know, people who are like okay, – this comes back to the whole analysis of free agency and the gamification of the NFL. It's like – you can't come out and say that you disagree with the Mitch Trubisky, potentially him signing $15 million a year without like being like a loot. Like, why aren't you happy for Trubisky for getting $15 million? Like, should you be happy yeah. that he's making a ton of money? It's like, okay, wait a second. This is not a good move for the football team. The football team is not going to be winning a Super Bowl with Mitch Trubisky. We don't have to come out and defend. It's, it's tough. You don't have to come out and defend the human being element of it. It's yeah. the game element of it. My last fun to read here was from NBC Chicago, and they deleted it before we could even get to the segment. Oh, no. What was it? It was – they, they, it was a headline. Oh, man, it was so good. It was a headline of Tom Brady retiring. And it said, Tom Brady coming back from an early retirement could cue the American workforce to do the same. Or some, some absurd thing like that. It's like why we should be wary of this. And it's like SEO <laughs> monsters trying to claim some oh. weight here. Like, oh, Tom Brady got, comes back from retirement? We could leverage this. It's now, just we got one more fun to read, though. And this might be the most fun to read of all the fun Did reads. I skip one? This one was incredible. Oh, my gosh. From Dave Klug, who is, works for football guys. And here's the tweet. It says, Christian Kirk, LaVisca Chenault, Marvin Jones, Travis Etienne, James Robinson, Dan Arnold. So the, Dan Arnold the Dan Arnold con- con- inclusion is sensational. List is wide receivers, tight end, running backs, whatever. All the weapons he has. And he says, I don't want to say Trevor Lawrence has no excuses, but the Jaguars have done a solid job of surrounding him with offensive talent. It's up to him to take the next step now. That's, fu- that's unbelievable. That's insane. That's legitimately insane. They have three number three wide receivers. <laughs> and... 
uh, a running back that isn't healthy and a tight end that's also a number three wide receiver. Like Dan Arnold's like 225 pounds. I don't know what this uh, – that it's still probably at the wide receiver position, a bottom five wide receiver group in the NFL, even with Christian Kirk. I don't know. I don't know how you come out of the moves that they've made, and it's one thing to say that they've added upgrades, right? Like maybe he is an upgrade over Jamal Agnew, who Agnew is not even a receiver that was playing out there. But like to say he has no excuses. If you are a Dan Arnold, Christian Kirk, Lavisca Chenault Jr., James Robinson, Travis Etienne away from having no excuses to perform as a young quarterback in the NFL, everyone's screwed. Yeah, everyone's screwed. No one I think, has excuses. I think if anything, <laughs> if anything, the Jacks come out of this with more. Like he has more excuses. It's a new coaching staff. They still they re, they franchise tag Cam Robinson. It looks like they're not going to go off the tackle at number one overall. They bring in Brandon Scherf, who's obviously an upgrade on the interior offensive line. But I still think they have worries elsewhere, and that is a lot of money to dump in. Then they added a ton of money on defense, like Oluwakin, Fatukasi. Like that's a lot as well. So. If anything, I think the Jags have come out of this early part of free agency with more excuses for Trevor Lawrence, especially when you factor in, yeah, they're moving on from a dumpster fire that was Urban Meyer, but it's still a change. It's mm-hmm. still a change in coaching staff, and that matters. Regardless if you're going from, like you said, a guy dancing in bars to Doug Peterson, I don't know. Save your like segment. He was getting danced on. He wasn't dancing himself. Oh, that's on me. That's on. on me. Well, Brady Quinn did say there's another. There's another <laughs> <laughs> okay, never mind. You can't drop that. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. Brady Quinn didn't say anything except roasting me for my hair. Uh, C. Palazzolo is on our Save Your Likes segment of the show. And this is not because C. Palazzolo stinks, actually. This is because C. Palazzolo sends this same tweet every year. <laughs> he sends the same tweet every year. He just sends during free agency. The eyeball emoji. And I'm not sure it's a good enough tweet to send every year. It's not. It's not. I don't think it's a good enough one because obviously the eyeball emoji is like everyone with inside info likes to tweet the eyeball emoji when they know something's going to happen and you don't. And they like to hang it overhead. And Steve just does it uh, just for the likes, honestly. Like, so it's a save your likes. When you <laughs> how many, Steve doing how many times do you think Steve Palazzolo has sent a tweet with just the eyeball emoji? I actually went back year? and searched, and it was a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. Steve leans into the eyeball emoji. It's his favorite emoji. Uh, April 23rd, 2020, just the eyes. March 15th, 2021, just the eyes. April 29th, 2021, just the eyes. November 2nd, 2021, just the eyes. I mean, this guy's... He's Twitter in a bag. But if you keep liking it, he's going to keep sending it. it. Save your likes. Save your freaking likes. We're calling you out, Steve. Save them. All right, last thing we're going to power rank. We were talking a little bit before the show about what we should power rank, and since it is March Madness, we were going to potentially power rank top March Madness moments, but instead— We were not going to potentially do it. We were going to potentially do it, and I was going to Google them. (laughs) I was going to Google which moments were the best. We were not going to potentially do it. (laughs) This is best months for sports. Yes. As a sports fan. Yes. Now, this one's interesting because I don't follow <clears throat> baseball that closely. You're not closely. best months for best. My favorite months for yeah, sports. Yeah, you don't care about your sports. best yeah, months yeah, for my sports. Favorite. Or what, like, I'll kick off. what is best for sports fans on the whole. No, you're right. You're I'm right. thinking about my favorite I'm thinking about sports. my favorite, too. Okay. Go ahead. Kick us off. September. September, when you got week one football, it is – week one is objectively the best week of any week of the NFL season. I don't think it's the Super Bowl. I don't think it's the first week of the playoffs. It is definitely week one. Week one is sensational. Your fantasy team has life. Mm-hmm. Your betting account has life. Your actual favorite team in the NFL has life. Everyone's a level playing field. And all there's no buys. Everyone playing on the same day. It is first week of red zones back. Boys are absolutely cruising. The Saturday before was hot. College football was back. I do think that September, specifically for that first week, but even you know, week two, week three, also pretty lava. 
I think that is the best month for sports for me. Okay. Yeah, and plus college football, obviously, as well. Yeah. Um, mine, I couldn't go anywhere else. It's April. April's it's the, the draft? Best the draft is the, my single favorite event on the calendar. That whole weekend is always magical for me. Always has been. You get the end of March Madness. It actually always goes into April a little bit. You get the end of the Final Four. Um, and you get some NBA. I think the playoffs start in April. So you get a little bit of everything mm-hmm. that I actually watch. So there you have it. April, my favorite month. I think April is fine. <clears throat> April did crack my top three. It will not beat September. And it's not number two. Okay. I am January at two, April at three. April at three for all the same reasons you said. But January two, I do think that playoff football hits different. And then also, it's the first week of the mock draft season. You know, it's where everyone's coming out with draft, you know, mm. draft content. It's early draft content, yeah. early free agency content. How are we changing the script? How are we flipping things around? I do think January is an engaging month. And then for you know, working in football too, it's like that's the week we go, the month we go to the Senior Bowl. So we could go to the East West Shrine. Yes. Um, we start to make plans for the Combine. It is a very exciting Super Bowl is right in that range. Obviously, that's February. But still, it is a good part of the year. So I went September, January, April as my three rankings. All right. I went January number two as well. Playoff football. National Championship game, Senior Bowl, Shrine Bowl, it's heaven. That's all. That's like that's what you, that's what you that's what you that's what like you play the games for. Obviously, the Super Bowl is in February, but like those are the games that get you going that you live for. So January is two for me, and then September the week one kickoffs. That's number three for me. So those are my three: April, January, and September. I think if we we talked more about it, I could convince you to move September up. No, no, you couldn't. Those really? Are, September is glorious. In. September's great. And I will say the weather's good mm-hmm. in September. Weather's better then than it is in April and January. But that almost makes it better for sports because you have to be inside in April and January. You have Fair. to be glued in. So it gives you something something to watch instead of, I can be outside in September doing anything else. Fair uh, enough. That's going to do it for this episode of Tailgate. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. I think we might be going live every week this week. Every or week? Every, <laughs> we oh, might yeah. be going live every day this week <clears throat> since we do have – Obviously, free agency running rampant right now. We should be going live maybe tomorrow, Wednesday, Thursday as well. But until next time, that's going to do it. Austin Gale, Mike Renner, producers Mike Quinn and Alyssa Stepp. Tell me.